Is email marketing dead? My guest today certainly doesn't think so. The average person gets 121 emails a day. The human race as a whole gets 193.3 billion emails, and business emails account for about 108.7 billion. So how can small business stand out? How can you be sure your content is engaging your customers? That's what I'd like to discuss with Dave McMahon, the Vice President of Customer Success at Constant Contact. Dave's responsible for strategy, implementation of the program's design to increase customer success and support long-term customer retention at Constant Contact, and he's here to talk about it on All Business with me, Jeffrey Hazlett. So welcome, Dave. He's one of the world's most respected business experts, Jeffrey Hazlett. I want to take you behind the scenes on what's happening in business today. And whether you're on Main Street or Wall Street, we're going to find out the secrets behind their success. This is All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett, brought to you by Dunkin' Donuts. Okay, first I have to ask you right off the bat, Dave, your title, customer success. Are you the only one that's focused on customer success? <laughs> uh, no, far from it. Yeah. Uh, constant contact, uh, customer success is a part of everyone's job, um, and it's something we talk about at all the time. You know, but, um, but everybody, you know, quite frankly, everyone would say that, right, at a company. I would say everybody, you know, any company I own, well, you've got to have that as part of it. What, what's it mean to be the vice president of customer success? What is that? So my focus in, in, in my job is uh, all about helping our customers engage with their products and achieve real-world business results. So from the moment they, they hit our platform, um, we, I want to make sure that they have the tools and they have um, the assistance they need to ultimately drive the results that they came to us to help drive in the first place. Oh, that's cool. I mean, so you're helping them eat the dog, eat the dog food, so to speak. I have to say, I'm, I, we are a user of constant contact for all business. Um, we've, we've had some relationships with you guys, but before I had the relationships, we were using constant contact. I've used it for a number of years in various businesses. So, so give me an example of what you would be doing to help people. I mean, cause email is the thing. I mean, well, hold on. It's not the thing. It's many one of many things, right? It used to be that's all you used to use was was email, but now you use it with a lot of blended campaigns, right? Indeed, yes. So how, what? So what do you do to tell people? I mean, what's the best tips that you have? Well, I mean, the key thing um, when you're starting off with email is to make sure that you're engaging your audience. Um, it, overall, uh, the, the nice thing about email is it's it's permission driven. So you're, you're trying to get customers to basically say they want to hear from you. Um, and you know, in any other marketing channel, um, it's, it's not as clear cut as that. So customers are, you know, ain't wanting to engage. So once you've got that level of engagement, it's really all about continuing to nurture that relationship over time. And my role, um, as you know, I mentioned before, it's very similar. So, um, I nurture our customers as they come here. Uh, so as people sign up for Constant Contact, um, the minute they hit the door and they start using our product, they're hitting programs that my team ultimately has built and delivered, um, all about helping them uh, sort of get going and see early success so they can truly get the benefit of everything that, um, uh, of con- from Constant Contact. Mm-hmm. So um, let me go to the business for a second. I, w- I always like to give everybody kind of a brief on the business. You guys are Constant Contact's part of a bigger 
business entity, right? So part of Endurance, is that right? That is true. We yeah. uh, were we were acquired by Endurance earlier this year. Okay, and then and you're are you the largest of their portfolio brands, and what are the other portfolio brands they have? Uh, so Endurance is a, has a host of brands. We are the uh, the largest brand within uh, within the portfolio. Um, they have a number of hosting brands um, and other products associated with it. So it's in it, but by the way, it's still kind of a, a house of brands rather than a branded house. It seems like because I know Constant Contact more than I know Endurance. I, and, and they're um, they're well aware of that. They actually um, endurance positions their brands to be the face of the company. So right. endurance is sort of the entity that hosts all those brands. But each of those and each of those individual brands has their own identity. Mm-hmm. Well, so talk to me about is, is email still you know as relevant as it used to be? Uh, definitely. Um, you know it's interesting uh, email. <laughs> When I when I came here, uh, so I came from Google, and, and uh, Google is all about um, you know customers are searching for something and they transact. Right. And the challenge that we had with uh, with a product with that I saw for small businesses with a product like Google is it, it's expensive and it, in some ways for them, and uh, it's a little more difficult to use. The great thing about email um, is that you have total control over uh, the experience. You can decide when you're sending it out, who you're sending it out to, how you want to engage with them, and it's very, very cost-effective. So for a small company that's starting out, um, or just a small company in general, it's a great way to start you know, building your marketing strategy because of the ROI benefits that you get from that and just the autonomy and control that it provides you. Mm-hmm. But you know, a lot of people would say that, you know, if I look at apps today and the rising of apps, is that that email's really been dying amongst the 12, you know, like 13 to 24-year-olds and preferring messaging apps, citing times in messaging, and so forth. And they're saying that's kind of the dead thing. But I, I would say email's actually getting a real resurgence these days. Yeah, and I, I think the nature of email is different depending on the age demographic that you're talking to. So when you when you look at sort of the, the younger demographic as it's coming in and the way they sort of interact with the world, certainly with a lot of those apps, they're using that to transact socially and, and, and to build relationships. But what we find and, and what our research continues to show is that when those individuals um, are looking to research or when they're looking to connect with companies, Email still is the number one uh, choice in terms of uh, having that interaction, and uh, there's we've got research internally and externally that um, that really highlights that email is, is is still a key part of their life. Well, and and then emails are now becoming like the social security number, right? That you have, meaning you identify. I can go build profiles, say on Facebook, using people's email addresses. Right. Yeah, very much, very much so. Uh, email address is—it's just another identifier for um, customers, and there's a there's a wealth of data that you can attach to that email address. And as uh, as customers, you know, build out their email list and and they learn more about their customers, that that underlying email address really does sort of become—I don't know if I do social security, but it's definitely a key identifier for you know understanding each customer yeah i use that as the identifier because to me it kind of it places it like there like yeah i'm known by my social security number in a financial world so in the in the marketing world i mean what's the you know what's to distinguish me from one person over another and usually it's that email and by the way your email whether it's a business email or it's a let's say even a personal email that you might use for your personal stuff will be different than your business one 
So I, if the identifiers are different, you might pick up on different trends, different things I do, right? Yeah, and, and I think, uh, you know, you hit on a key point. So in terms of segmenting, uh, like how customers use email to segment their life, um, I have actually multiple personal email addresses myself. And uh, I actually use my, my Yahoo email address uh, for all of my transactions. Um, it's a place I check in and on a daily basis for like, you know, just to kind of keep up on that. But I like to keep my personal and my professional, or my personal and my transactional separate. Um, so if someone were only looking at my Gmail address, they would only see my personal interactions with family and friends. Um, and they'd have very little insight into actually sort of my buying behaviors and the, and the things that I'm passionate about, um, in that respect. And then you're, and then you got your business side and that's, um, that, that's your business face, right? Exactly. Yeah. So what are the biggest trends that you're seeing in email today? You know, some of the big trends, uh, so uh, remarkably, you know, the channel uh, continues to grow. I mean, we've, uh, you know, the email channel has been around for 20 plus years and we still continue to see tremendous amount of growth. But one of the biggest trends is, is just the, the transition to mobile. Um, and I can't stress mobile enough. Uh, yeah. it, it, all it takes, and, and, and how I explain this to our customers is, when you're, when you're building an email or you're sending an email, think about the time that you're on your mobile device and you get an email and it doesn't look good. If you're not designing emails that are mobile-friendly and, and you know, appear um, and, and look good on mobile, you're missing a massive demographic. Right now, uh, we have probably half of the population that's already there. And, and by the end of this decade, we're projecting that the vast majority of people are actually going to be accessing, accessing their email on a mobile device rather than on a PC. And so uh, that's a massive trend change and, and just uh, kind of changes the way in which you kind of share data within email. Um, another major trend that uh, has changed is, and it's driven largely by mobile, is the focus on sort of shorter, crisper emails um, because of that. No one wants to like continue to scroll and scroll and scroll. So what historically in the past, like, you know, newsletters and longer emails are more effective. What we're finding now is that um, because of mobile, like shorter messages, maybe more frequently, um, actually drives better engagement with your users. Yeah, well, I, I tell my team, quite frankly, uh, Dave, I say if you, if you can't fit it inside the screen of what you want me to read or know, you, uh, I ain't, I'm not scrolling down. <laughs> so... Um, I could, I'm just going through that many because what is the, as I mentioned on the intro, an average person gets 121 emails a day. You take that and divide it by time. And if some of them take you a couple minutes to respond, your, your, your day's gone before you know it. Yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely a challenge. I think for all of us to manage the amount of email that we get. And, uh, it's really key to make sure that your email stands out. Well, I want to get into more about the numbers in a second, but I want to take a quick break because I, I need to, that's how I get paid. Um, and I, and I want to be able to send more emails, you know? So, uh, it's great to have one of my favorite brands as a sponsor in all business, which Jeffrey has it, you know who I'm talking about. And that's Duncan. When I'm ready for a coffee break, and all, it can only be Duncan. I mean, I just love these guys. I love the, the people that run it. I love the company. I love the leadership, Nigel, the whole team. Just great, great people. Uh, one of my best friends in the world has actually been running innovation over there for years. And uh, just love this brand. It's America's uh, greatest retailer of coffee by the cup. 
They're rich and bold blends, hit the spot every single time. For me, I, as you know, I love uh, the espressos. I love a double, quads, whatever I can get, as many as I can get. It's truly because, uh, you know, America runs on Dunkin', and so does all business. So don't forget to get a cup, especially while you're reading your email. Like a lot of people do that. A lot of, that's the first thing I do is I get a cup of coffee and I read my email. How about you? What do you do in the morning, Dave? I actually, specifically to Dunkin', I go there every morning and I get a large iced tea. Well, you're in, um, you're in Boston I, I, too, I, so you're in the mecca. <laughs> it, it is it is a way it is a way of life here. Yeah. Um, uh, and I'm not originally from the from the Northeast, but I have adopted that behavior. So I've got uh, an empty iced tea actually in my uh, my trash right now, but I get it every single day. You're you're from Michigan, right? I am. Yeah, and then I you know I got a kick that. I, how did you get from Ford Motor Company working in treasury and finance to the head of customer success? I, I mean, I think that's kind of an interesting transition. How did that happen for you? Um, you know, it's uh, so I had an opportunity. My my career took me from Ford and treasury to uh, to Google, um, and what at the time what they were uh, looking for was somebody who is really strong on data analytics. Um, and once I got to Google, it's such a customer-oriented company. My passion and just the opportunity to interact with those customers really just changed my focus. So I was able to bring sort of that finance knowledge and that discipline into sort of the big problems and how do we solve issues for customers at scale. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I spent years at Google sort of building out solutions along those lines and then um, had an opportunity to move out to Boston uh, to basically build that out here at Constant Contact. And um, my wife and I have, uh, my wife is from the area out here and uh, a, we had a personal connection. We had um, recently had children and, and wanted to move out here to, uh, to to join the company and be closer to family. Awesome. Well, you talk about analytics. I mentioned in the intro and just a minute ago, hundred. the average person gets 121 emails a day. So the human race as a whole gets one, uh, 193 Point three billion emails and business emails account for 108.7 billion emails. That's a that's a lot. How do we how do we help people get through that mass of emails? So I mean, the challenge with email again is uh, is doing things the right way. So um, making sure that you're building the connection not with the customer, not just through. Um, through email, but through that personal connection. So when, when someone comes by your business, it's, it's using that as an opportunity to get them to sign up and, and encouraging that engagement and then using email to sort of nurture um, that relationship. Uh, but when it comes to the emails themselves and trying to make them stand out, uh, again, it's all about kind of a crisp message, something that's engaging, actually starting to use the data you have on customers to tailor the message to different segments. Um, in, in some ways, that may seem odd for uh, a smaller business because maybe they don't feel like they have that. But you may have customers who are, um, you know, diehard coffee drinkers, and then uh, you see that preference over time as you get to know them. Like just taking that well, little bit you, of information. You mentioned tea. I mean, I wouldn't <laughs> want to send you a coupon for coffee when I know you're a tea drinker, right? I mean, that's a- exactly. Um, and so, I mean, if you think of, uh, you know, even like a Dunkin' franchise, like mm-hmm. if. Uh, they start to like when I go in there. The, the the manager knows me, and she's already got my tea on the way out. And so, if they sent me something for coffee, it would be totally irrelevant. Um, those those kinds of things help using the data to basically um, 
tailor your message for different sets of customers. And then, you know, when you think about social, um, you can then kind of broaden your scope out using social. So you can think about how you, you leverage your social to highlight that you have emails coming or even take some of your email message and, and take it to your, your Facebook page or like highlight it via Twitter. Um, those methods just make it a broader reach. So whereas traditional email, um, like if you're doing well, you're getting 20, 30, you know, in some cases, 40% open rates, you can increase your open rates more by using other channels to sort of enhance that message. Yeah, and, and those open rates are important and being able to do the right things. Uh, you know, at the C-suite network, we get like a 38% open rate. Which you is, guys are you guys are crushing it. Yeah, thirty eight percent. That's really it's good. Really, no, it's really good. But you know, we're, we're but we're trusted. We're a trusted network, right? Meaning we've we've you mentioned it earlier. We built the right kind of engagement. They know who they know that when we send something, we're not going to be screwing their time. We're we're going to send something that's important and useful. So those things you got to do up front, right? And then you prove it every time you send an e- an email. What what are some of the other big tips that if I want to have successful open rates, because that's the name of the game, more people that open it, more people I'm going to get through for click-throughs, more people I'm going to get through for into my sales funnel or whatever, I'm going to, whatever I want them to do, right? What are some of the biggest tips that they can use? Uh, so one thing I would, you know, just on top of some of the things I've already highlighted, I, you know, show loyalty to your customers. Um, a lot of times uh, – businesses are focused on just getting new um, and and being in customer success and, and having that as my focus at Constant Contact. Yes, I, I want us to acquire new customers, but I actually, what I'm more passionate about is making sure that the customers we've already acquired stay. Mm-hmm. So when you start to think about um, the offers and things you might make to your customers, think about rather than, you know, just focusing on stuff that gets a new customer in the door, what could I do that would make an existing customer happy so that they continue to come back and they engage? So it's nice occasionally, like, in your uh, in your focused emails to, like, you know, make that relevant offer that says, hey, you know, buy a nice tea today, get a second one free. Um, or um, get a free donut. Uh, things like that that just sort of, like, you know, are, are tailored specifically around building that loyalty. Um it, you know, the segmentation, the analytics in the mobile component, I can't stress this enough. Um, the thing that I see our customers struggle with the most is, uh, you know, email has been around for a long time and making that transition to really um, to that new format is so critical. Are they really uh, not doing that, Dave? I mean, I find that just when I'm listening, I'm thinking, what idiot wouldn't do that? I'm, I'm serious. I, I hate to say it like that, but I mean – are you talking about they haven't formatted in a way then so someone's got to go and pinch their fingers and then blow it up to be able to read it or it's just all the graphics fall out of it or what i mean uh it, it, a numerous examples of that yes yeah. so um all those and above yeah <laughs> so what what you find um with uh with users uh as folks get into email marketing, they tend to stick with a message that works for them. And um, the great thing about email marketing is it gives you a lot of opportunity to experiment. But given sort of the limited amount of time that you know businesses have to actually do it, they find something that works and they keep going with it and copying it and using it again and again. And um, as templates and technology have evolved, in some cases they they haven't um, evolved their template or they're still using something that's not mobile friendly. So, 
when customers are calling into my team or, or we're engaging with them, we're always highlighting and, and trying to help them make that um, that transition. But um, you know, this really starts to highlight into what I think is one of the biggest challenges of, of small businesses is. I actually think it's the biggest, um, more so than being cash constrained. I think it's time constrained. Yeah. Um, and, well, and, and knowledge that... base. I mean, it's tough for them to re- know all this stuff, right? It's cha- especially when you come to, um, you know, digital marketing, electronic marketing. It's tough for them to know all the stuff because you know Google's changing stuff. That you know the algorithm gets changed, and so now that the words or links that you might have used throws you into the spam filter and. Uh, you can't say this or that, but you know if, if they're using templates from somebody like yourself, if they're you know using the best practices, you can get around that so you can get better click rates or better open rates, and you should be doing that stuff. To me, that's a no-brainer. I mean, just like you just mentioned the versioning, I, why would you take an email list? Hey, listen up, people. Why would you take an email list and mail it the same way to everybody? Why wouldn't you break it up and version it? Why wouldn't you break it up and do an A, B, or C testing? Where I, I try this message with, I used to do this back when I was in the 80s. When I used to send out real freaking letters on paper, I would put different types of letters. This would this this group would get this letter. This group would get this letter. And then I'd see what the re- reply cards were. In this case, we look at open rates and, and what the click-through rates are. And then I would, if I did a lot better in version A than version B, I go back to version the people I sent B to and send them A. Right? I mean, that's just to me like a no-brainer. I, I mean, it is something that we we highly recommend our customers doing, um, testing for versions and and trying to see like what's most effective. But I again, I, I think what the challenge is for many many small businesses ultimately gets to how much time and and their their level of sophistication, as you already highlighted. Um, you know, again, going back to sort of my days at, at Google, you know, there were the passion and what brought me to customer success at Google was I saw within the auction, um, within the AdWords auction, there were companies that were massive that had dedicated individuals, whole teams to making their AdWords ads effective. Sure. And we had small businesses who were maybe giving 10, 15 minutes of their week trying to compete with them. And ultimately, um, you know, they're at a huge disadvantage and like small businesses are at that disadvantage across the board because they can't hire um, uh, somebody to focus only on their marketing. And so I, I think that is an advantage for um, using email marketing and, and using constant contact because we give you a lot of the tools, we make it easy and we hold, um, we're there when you need us uh, to make sure that we can help you get sort of effective advertising out quickly. Well, it certainly helps them with the time factor. Are you, are you ever thinking about adding the service where you do it for me? Uh, do it for me service. We actually we do have that. I didn't um, know that. I, it, I didn't know that. That's. Uh, so it's uh, it's still in the early stages, and and we've been testing it out in the market. I don't know exactly how many customers we have it, but we do have a do it for me I service. Mean, you have, well, you guys have like fifty thousand customers, right? Uh, we well, no, have. Uh, more, no, wait, you got more than that. I was like, that's that's an old note. That's like in two thousand five. You yeah, we have customers. we have hundreds of thousands of customers. Um, in the Do It For Me space, we have uh, I believe it's a few hundred at this point because it's still in the testing mode. We're trying to figure out what resonates with our customer. We're trying to make sure that we we find price points and things that you know accommodate the needs and and the challenges that they're facing, um, and that we can deliver results that meet their expectations. Um, and it's it, it's challenging because you have to provide that personal touch and, and connection in a way 
that takes it a lot further than just providing the tools. You actually have to really, really understand like their needs and tailor it in a voice that um, matches and uh, with their brand. Yeah, well, you 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 got to get specific to understanding their business, which is I think very exactly. very important. Hey, let me let me talk about uh, somebody that's really tailored to my business and and to me personally. And it's Liberty Tax. It's great to have the good folks from Liberty Tax on board here at All Business. Liberty is the fastest growing retail tax prep firm. 4,000 locations across North America, and it's a great seasonal opportunity. So if you're looking to get into the business or add another service to your business um, or just need a great tax prep services, you always want to look to Liberty. Oh, So I, I, one of the things that I think is important for a business, and I kind of preach this to people, is your email list and what your strategy is. But I was reading uh, before I got on here with you about a poll that said nine, only 9% of email marketers said in this poll were s- stated that their email list strategy was very successful. Why is it so poor? Why, why, would, why would 91% you know, not be successful? So, I mean, as you th- getting into like email lists, um, you know, as you start to think about your email list, it, it, you know, we talked earlier in the conversation about how uh, it's sort of like a social, you know, your email address is sort of like your social security number and your identifier. But, you know, the one difference is that um, you know, social security number sticks with you for your entire life. But um, email addresses evolve over time. So, That's and if you think about it, so my Yahoo email address used to be both my personal and my uh, transactional email. And then over time, I you know, changed that to Gmail. Um, customers do that all the time. And so what you see is like with an email list is that it has a, um, or with an email address, it has sort of a lifespan. And um, over time, the quality of that email address, uh, depending on the customer's behavior, will start to erode. And you can see it by their engagement. So if customers aren't actively kind of monitoring for that, they'll they'll see a decline in performance if their email lists aren't um, kind of uh, if they're if they're not sort of enhancing it and checking in on those email addresses over time, and, and they'll see a decline in results. Um, so it is one of those things where you have to use the tools. You have to understand the analytics about who's opening and when they're opening, and make sure that if you see disengagement from customers, that you're either trying to re-engage them or ultimately pruning them out of your list because they're not relevant to your, you know, to your business anymore. Well, Maybe that, that hurts you. To, yeah, and that well, that one it hurts you because you're just you're keeping track of old, you're keeping track of dead dead leads or dead customers or dead whatever. But you know, I I've always found that about 20, I'd say 26, 28% of any email list that I'm using, even my own customer database is always outdated at any given time. Is that is that about right or is is that too high or too low? Um, the number sounds about what we would see. Um, it, it definitely, um, from a lifespan of an email address, we find that it, uh, you know, within our compliance group where we start to see deflections, it, usually an email address is valid for around three to four years. And it seems like sometimes when I when I look at that data and I see it personally, I, I've had like the same email address for you know over twenty years. Yeah, I've had you the know, same one it, as it, well. I've had the same one, it, but I, but that was a conscious effort on my part. I've always kept that one open so that, that people could always reach me there. I and 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 so you know consumer behavior, uh, we definitely see those those change over over time. Um, you know, I think some people. Uh, they get enough spam in their email that they just kind of shut it down and um, open a new one, or they switch platforms. Um, you know, there's definitely you. We've seen the evolution from going from like Hotmail to 
Yahoo to Gmail and um, as those platforms have sort of come and gone. Uh, and I, I, you see that behavior frequently with our customers. Yeah. So is it, what, what's a way that I can get better about keeping up on those emails and keeping that list going? Well, and this is a place where when you're monitoring um, sort of email lists, I think it is really critical uh, to use uh, sort of an email marketing provider because we provide you with uh, the tools to really understand what's going on with each of those addresses. When you're um, if you're emailing customers on a list and you don't have a way to track who's opening and who's not, you can't even begin to like understand what's actually going on. And so, uh, first and foremost, is just looking at uh, a company in that space to make sure that uh, you're able to, to monitor it. I think beyond that is then really understanding the analytics and the reporting, like who responds to what messages are, you know, some customers opening occasionally, are they not opening at all? And then actively going in and, and calling names. It's painful to do that. I think it's scary in some cases because people get very attached to their lists. But if you're not doing that, over time, like you just have this massive list, and it, it seems like it's getting worse and worse. Um, and you're per- and you may ultimately be totally missing like uh, what your customers are telling you because there's so much uh, noise in the system. Uh, well, it doesn't dead. does it ding you as well? I mean, don't you get dinged if you're using a bunch if you're sending these out and and you've got a large number of them that that continually bounce? Doesn't it ding you in some way? Yeah, and it dings you in a couple of ways. So I. Uh, if you're if you're working through a company like Constant Contact, um, if you see enough bounces, uh, we'll ultimately sort of flag your account and have a conversation with you to basically encourage you to go through the process I was talking about. But if you're not using a provider like Constant Contact and you're doing it yourself, your email address could actually get blocked. So let's say you're saying, um, sending from Gmail and uh, you send enough emails out that start getting bounced or flagged as spam. Google may actually block you from sending, and so your emails won't even get through, and uh, then you're you're pretty much dead in the water. How do you get off that blacklist? Uh, it's a challenge. So, like here, um, we're able to catch it early enough and sort of help monitor it and, and keep you um, healthy. But once it happens at Google, a lot of times you're not even aware you're on the blacklist. Yeah. Um, and so uh, getting off of it requires a lot more conversations, trying to, to work through services like that to say, I'm sorry. Here's what I'm doing to fix it. But that uh, that can be a long road. Yeah. Well, and it's not. And sometimes it's not even your fault. I mean, uh, just just it could be phrases you're using. Well, in essence, it is your fault. But you don't know that it's your fault. And so yep. the, the awareness of that, I think, is pretty important. You know, speaking of email, one of the things I want to talk about is uh, another one of our sponsors, and I really love this service. I don't. I don't know, Dave. You might have heard of these guys. Maybe not. But um, I spend hours and hours sorting out what's important and what's not because that's important for me as an executive. And I was in the same spot with a lot of emails, quite frankly. And because I do get a lot of people, as all of you write to me and so forth, i got to find out what's important and what's not. And I love it, and I try to read everything, but I got a lot of stuff I didn't like. So SaneBox, S-A-N-E, Box, it intelligently sorts your and saves me lots of time. So it sorts my email it trains them, and which is really cool. So I'm getting them, and then it uh, puts them into different folders. And then as I respond back, so let's say I was writing Dave about, you know, Dave, I want to check up on the service that you've got. You've got the service that I can use for my, my outbound emails, and you do it for me. 
then, um, and I don't hear back from Dave because he's really busy, then I can put in there one day, two day, three days. I can put in there one hour, two hour, three hours. I can put in a month from now, and it will pop back in my email box if he doesn't respond. And so it's a great way of being able to keep track of it and use it as a, a real time saver. So if you, if you want this, check it out. Look at it. It's a great time saver. It gives me hours a day. It, it's awesome. I, I really, truly am a believer. I drank the Kool-Aid on this product early on. I buy my own subscription. You can get one right here at www.sanebox.com forward slash hazlet and that's h-a-y-z-l-e-t-t so there you go i don't know have you ever heard of this have you ever used it dave uh, i admit i'm not familiar with that service but like that space is really critical today with just the amount of emails yeah. people are getting uh, being able to filter is absolutely critical and i uh um I, it's something i struggle with and i am always looking for better ways to filter sounds yeah. really interesting it, it's a great service and, and it's only a couple you know like twenty dollars a month or so it it's um i tell you 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 know 121 emails in a day i get that many by the morning in the early morning <laughs> when i wake up i used to have literally 150 emails in my inbox and i'm one of those people that at the end of the day i like to have only 10 sitting i like less than 10 in my inbox in any given time I, I, I purge them every month. I get them out, um, out of my, you know, sent and deleted file. I don't want anything on my server. I, I purge everything like that. I just, it's an old practice that I had. But, but I, I really love a service like this. Do you, what do you do? What's your, what do you do? The first thing you do in the morning, check email? You got it. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I will say one thing I, I love working about constant contact is we're, uh, we're U.S. based. Um, at the last company I worked at, we were global, truly global. And uh, I got email 24 hours a day. So yeah. it's, it's not quite as crazy as it used to be, but mm -hmm. there's still always stuff waiting for me in the morning. Yeah, I remember when I was the chief marketing officer at Kodak or a couple other companies, I, we had global uh, responsibilities and it never stops. It never stops. It yeah. does. Yeah, constant, constant, constant contact, as they would say, right? What What's Indeed. the What's the thing that scares you the most? As in, in order to be successful as a vice president of customer success for constant contact, what scares you the most? What scares me the most? I, yeah, you know, to me, it's what I, I think frightens me, and the thing I always try to to deal with on a daily basis is um, customers who come here. Um, and don't achieve success and leave uh, leave with a bad taste in their mouth. And, uh, you know, my team and, and the whole, all of what we're focused on is trying to make sure they have an amazing experience through our service. Uh, you know, it's it's hard to acquire new customers. Small businesses, they realize this, and, and we do as well, and we appreciate the support of all of them. And when they're here, I want to make sure that all of our resources, my team, all of our materials, everything is at their fingertips and easy to use so that they can get back to doing their jobs. Well, I tell you what, you've been real helpful. I, there's a couple of things I'm going to talk about in after we get off this interview. I want to talk about the things I learned, and I think I picked up a couple of great hints here today. And it sounds like you got a lot of resources for people. Um, so all they got to do, where do they go to get the resources, by the way? Um, so they can go directly to our, our website, and there's uh, links right there into our resources. If they're in our product already and they're using it, if they just click help, it'll like direct them to a page where they can call us. They can go to training materials. They can sign up for webinars, either of those locations, so constantcontact.com. I'm going to have to go spend some time with my marketing team to find out, hey, because <laughs> we use you guys. I want to know some more, right? Why, guys, why aren't I getting this? And check them out. So. Oh. 
I hope you guys, I, I hope you guys have called in because uh, you've definitely gotten my team. I, I'm, so. I'm positive they have. The team's pretty smart. They we like OPM, other people's money, which is you've already <laughs> done it. So let's learn from that, which is great. Hey, thanks, Dave. I appreciate it. You're welcome. It was great. Um, thanks for having me on here. Taking you behind the scenes of what's happening in the business world, Jeffrey Hazlett hosts All Business, brought to you by Dunkin' Donuts. Hey, at the end of every show. I like to talk about what I learned. I learned a lot of different things about email. Uh, first of all, I learned that at least with Constant Contact, there's a place you can go and they've got all this help, which is great. But you know what I learned is to be diligent. Be diligent. You know, we need debt in business every day. But, you know, your email list is only good as the last email that you did. So I've always found out that about 25% of whatever my list is, is always constantly changing. So you've got to be diligent to stay in touch with your customers and keep updating the contacts and updating the list because your list is only as good as what you put in it. So crap in is crap out. All right. Remember that? How's that for a saying? Tweet that. And don't forget, hey, do me a favor. Tell your friends. Um, and if you if you get a chance, go on iTunes and, and like us, give me a little star rating, make a little comment. That'd help. All that really helps us a great deal. We, we're growing uh, tens and tens and tens of thousands and into the millions on this list or in, and listeners. So uh, whatever you can do to help would be great. I really appreciate it. It really means a lot to me. And this has been Jeffrey Hazlett, and this is all business right here on Play.it and iTunes. And tell your friends. Thanks. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.